1: Finding out you have cancer can be devastating. Feelings of depression, anxiety, and fear are common. Today's guest, Mary Battaglia, was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia. For years, Mary has helped her clients navigate their health challenges. Now, she faces one of her own. Mary is a certified hypnosis practitioner, founder of Metro Hypnosis Center, and author of the book, Transformation Through Hypnosis, Relax, Clear Your Mind, and Step Into Your Power. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan, for having me. Mary, you and I have been friends for some time, and I'm really happy that you're coming on the show today to share this journey that you were forced to embark on, but I remember the day that you called and told me you had leukemia, and for me, that was a scary day because, as you know, I have a brother who passed away from leukemia, so I come from a particular frame of reference whenever I hear that word. But let's talk about you and your story because it is really a story of hope. So, what led to the diagnosis, and was it something you were suspecting? Well, I needed to get my checkup, my annual physical checkup.
0: I hadn't done it in about two years um, with COVID. I, you know, I think a lot of us have put off some of our healthcare uh, needs. And I've also had a um, a mom who was had been sick and who had passed last year. So my time of Dealing with that and cleaning up the house didn't give me time to do some self-care of going to the doctor. So the end of that year, I made my appointment, and I wasn't feeling um, myself. Uh, I was noticing a lot of bruising, but I was cleaning up my mother's house and moving a lot of things, so there was a reason for that. I was feeling really tired, but I was going through grief, and I was thinking that's probably part of it. It was a long year for me. And um, I was noticing some shortness of breath. I just thought, oh, maybe I'm just out of of shape. So I went for my physical, explained my uh, issues, um, and my stomach was starting to feel a lot, very uncomfortable at that point. I was feeling very tight. um, My stomach felt very bloated. So I was mentioning all that. She took my blood work. um, She, you know, gave me my exam. And then a few days later, when my blood work came back, she called me and Told me that um, I had a high white blood count, and she said she thought I needed to go to um, a hematologist. And then she also told me that I was anemic, that um, my liver functions were affected in the blood work, and she um, talked about um, the shortness of breath being from the anemic, and that the bruising was all symptoms of leukemia. So she Said she wanted me to go to that doctor, and then I said, "Well, how high is my white blood count?" And just to give you a range, Joan, it's four to ten thousand is the um, range that you know most people's blood uh, work, their white blood count would show up. Mine was ninety thousand, and that really impacted. When she told me that, with so many other things, I was like, "Okay," but when she told me how high the white blood count, I was like, "Wow, that's pretty high." Um, I went, uh, so then she told me that I needed to go to the hematologist, so I called, um, and it's really, you just don't get an appointment right overnight, so um, it took a week for me to get into the doctor's office, the hematologist's office, and in the meantime, what do you do? You Google and you research everything, Um, and by the time I went for the first doctor's appointment, looking at all the symptoms of leukemia, it, it really did um, look like that. You know, my screen was really enlarged and things like that. So um, I kind of knew going to the doctors that that was gonna probably be the diagnosis.
1: Everything you were experiencing, and, and I remember you telling me all of these symptoms of the various things you were feeling, and, and we were very easily explaining them away, as you said. So when the doctor used the word possible leukemia and you did your homework and leukemia started showing up and you started to think, you know, I, I may really have this. What were you feeling at that time?
0: It was felt like to me that someone sideswiped me and I was on the shoulder of the highway because I wasn't driving on the same road anymore. I was, um, it, it was shock and not the cancer was shock in general, but um, i Um, I've had a lot of uh, family members, you know, my dad passed away, lung cancer, my sister passed away, breast cancer, so I've been caretaker and um, I kind of understood that type of cancer, but a blood cancer is different because when you have that, it's going throughout the whole body. It's all all going through your bloodstream. So I was confused. I I have to say I was confused. Um, I was shocked. Um, And it took me a day or two Uh, to kind of really start thinking that this was a possibility. Because I think we normally push those things away mentally. I think we want to just reject these things. So it took me, I'd say, like two days to realize that and let it sink in, because it does need to sink in, because it is a shock. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't want to talk about it to anyone. I wanted to understand. I wanted to get more of a diagnosis. But I felt such sadness. I'm not someone who is afraid of dying. So fear of dying is not something that was driving me. There was was a sadness. And I think there's a a grief that we're feeling. And as um, I was getting closer to the doctor's appointment, the sadness was coming in like a wave of grief. And I would be, it would well up in me and it would be this, amazing amount of sadness of going to tears. It's like really deep crying. And I, it really shocked me, you know, because I am someone who feels that I'm in control and I do hypnosis. And I and let me tell you, if I didn't have my tools, Joan, to get through this time of relaxation, of clearing my mind, of dealing with the sadness and bringing in healing, I took charge. Once I accepted that this could be the diagnosis, I started working on myself i went and created a script already for myself of healing so i felt that really helped me take charge and it made me feel like i was empowered to do something and that was really important to me
1: so Mary, you went to the hematologist and what did the doctor say to you so i went to the hematologist
0: and they couldn't give me an actual diagnosis that day they needed to do more blood work um, but again, it was all pointing towards that, and my blood work was uh, my wife's blood count was 90,000. Originally, it went up just less than two weeks. This is it went up to 130,000. So, you know, that was not a good thing that it was keep going up. And I was trying to, I'm a holistic practitioner, and that's kind of how I like to approach my life. So I was trying to explain to them my approach tonight, um, and how I wanted a team uh, because I am a holistic person and they told me that I was going to have to start a chemo drug right then and there you know, an oral one and I told them I don't know if I can do chemo as um, someone as a caregiver who's watched the process of cancer, um, I didn't realize I was still traumatized first from some of that so I told them that I would pick it up but I wasn't sure I was going to take it and get this I'm I'm going to start a chemo pill I don't have a straight diagnosis that's a little nerve-wracking to do that understanding that the, the white blood count was going up we had to do something to to help me but I wasn't ready to accept that and I wouldn't have taken the pill without being able to accept it and ha- have it help me the way I think it didn't help me so I picked up the medication and um, I was really in shock. I think it really shocked me that the chemo and, and like it was happening so quick. Then um, I, a labyrinth um, is something that I walk a labyrinth. Um, there's a place that, and near me that has one. It's kind of like a maze and you just kind of walk on um, the path. It's a very direct path, uh, but there's an exit and everything. And it's, I find it very peaceful. So I immediately drove up there to calm myself down. Um, and mind you, all of the time of going into the doctor's office, I was doing my self-hypnosis. I was keeping myself calm and relaxed as much as I could. But once I had the medicine, so I walked the labyrinth to calm myself down and it kind of gave me a little plan for me to do. Um, so like, I have a very good friend that's a nurse practitioner. I hadn't told her, I had one friend that found out that I was, um, that this was happening to me because she kept saying you don't sound yourself and and then it just came out but I didn't want to burden people you know you kind of feel like you're burdening people with with this information and so I had to go to my friend because I needed a little counsel at that point I needed some medical counsel and I'm lucky that I had uh, have someone that I can do that with and you know she said well what's your diagnosis is what we don't know yet so um, so I decided not to start taking that medicine that day Um, My friend who's a nurse practitioner is also a Reiki practitioner, and she did a little Reiki, which is just really energy work um, to help release some of the, probably all the chaotic energy I was feeling at that point. So it really calmed me down, and it really gave me such great peace. And what's really important when we're on a journey of cancer any health thing is that we find things that can help us be calm and handle what's coming our way
1: i remember mary once you did get the final diagnosis i happened to be at your house the day the the final medication arrived what they decided to put you on and you can share that with us in a moment what they decided to put you on for the long haul for your for your treatment and would you share what we all did because i had never experienced anything like that when you had the medication sent to your home you had um you you Conducted this little ritual with this very small group of us. And would you share what that was and why that was so important? So, um, just a little preface to um, getting
0: there. So, I had to work on myself with accepting the medicine because, again, I'm someone who does not want to take medicine if she doesn't have to. And chemo to me, the word chemo just, uh, pill, just kind of put on that higher alert. So, I actually did through my hypnotherapy work I did a lot of work on myself to get to the point where I was accepting and I that I could look at the medicine as something that was going to help me this is something I've done with people um you know many clients you know with chemo or with any type of medicine um I've done different type of sessions with welcoming the medicine so I had done that for myself but what um you're referring to is when you're at my house with some friends that was the day the medicine came and I had in my mind accepted that this is what I had to do to get better because I had looked at all other options and there really wasn't too many options at that point. And um, I found another doctor um, that I really liked and I felt really comfortable with the decision of which medicine we were um, chose to target um, my chronic myeloid leukemia. So what I did is... Um, I had the, the medicine bottle out, and I did my own little ceremony, if you want to call that. A blessing is what I kind of call it. And so I blessed it, and um, in my mind, this was like a golden pill. This was part of my healing, and that's how I looked at it. And everyone who was there did their own blessing of the medicine for me and towards me. It was like... It was just so beautiful. I don't. I don't know how else to explain that, Joan. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you?
1: It was, and you know, it has really stuck with me because I. I think what you're talking about—the welcoming of the medication, no matter what it may be—we're talking about chemo here, but it could be any type of medication, because the first thing we normally do is we look up the side effects and we look up all the things that can possibly happen to us. And then we become afraid of the medication. And I think on on some level that hinders the effectiveness. I remember a number of years back, I did an interview with Dr. Bruce Lipton, and he talked about the nocebo effect, and he shared a study that was done on cancer patients. One group in the study received chemotherapy medication. The other group received an IV of saline solution the group that received the saline did not receive one drop of chemotherapy medication, but had all of these preconceived notions in their minds about what chemo would do. The group that never received the medication exhibited chemotherapy side effects, nausea, hair loss, and the list goes on. So the fact that you're teaching all of us to welcome, to bless, to accept the healing medication into our bodies, I think we're then adding to the effectiveness because yes, the medication has a role, but I think we really have a big role in our own healing.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. We do have a big role in our healing. And even to this day, when I take my medicine, I take it once a day. um, I express gratitude. I thank it for coming into my body and, and helping me heal. And then I ask it to take out the toxins right away. Right? So the mindset is very important. So taking the medicine is now I'm open and ready to receive its healing instead of being resistant to it. And anyone, even if you're in doing an IV infusion, and it doesn't have to be chemo, it could be any medicine you're doing, um, If even if you're in a place with an IV, you can, in your mind, send a positive thought. It doesn't have to be a prayer or a blessing. It could be a positive thought. It could be something as simple as just you saying it in your mind, or you could ask The staff, if if you could hold it, I don't know if sometimes you can't, might not be able to hold something with the medicine in it, but if you could just maybe just send those thoughts right before you're going to get the um, IV or the infusion, just, you know, take a moment to ask them, take a moment to get yourself set up for it so that you can set yourself up for receiving healing. And if you look at it that way, it can really make quite a difference in your healing process because now you're putting that thought that I'm open for healing instead of the fear. And I remember when my sister first um, got IV chemo, unfortunately I didn't have all this knowledge, I I just remember how scared and petrified we were because it's a scary time and we don't know how to navigate these things. So if we all kind of put a little more positive spin, and it doesn't matter, it could be a diabetic medicine or blood pressure medicine, it could be any medicine that you're doing that with. If we look at it that it's supporting us and helping us and negative that I don't want to take it, really can make a big difference.
1: Mary, was there ever a time when you identified as being a leukemia patient? Because when we, when we take on that role of the sick person, we begin to live our life as a sick person. So did that happen to you? And if it did, how did you combat it?
0: Well, I tried to say and speak about it as a diagnosis. I, I tried not to own it. I find that by saying I have cancer, I have leukemia, I'm starting to own it and, like, have it become part of me. I don't want leukemia to be more than part of me than it is already. (laughs) So referencing it to that is a really important thing for me, at least, and how I approach it. I kind of see myself, this is how I see myself, is driving in a car and it's in the side view mirror. I don't want it to be ahead of me. I want it to be on the side because it is something I'm dealing with. I can't, you know, not have it part of my life it's there but it's in the side view mirror so that it's in the background it's not taking over my life and I think unfortunately when we have illnesses and diagnoses we kind of let it take over our lives now my I had a lot of fatigue I had a lot of tiredness I couldn't keep up a normal schedule at that time for a few months um and I was probably a little flat and there's a little sadness that goes with it and probably a little depression at times but Having tools, like I have tools for hypnosis, um, I would actually, besides my own recording, I would actually visualize every day like almost like a hand coming into my bone marrow because that's where the white cells are being, the bad ones are being produced in my bone marrow, which is sort of lower back. And um, I would imagine like a hand coming in and scooping out the bad cells. And I have to say, as I got closer and closer and I was seeing more progress when I would go for my doctor's visit. I was seeing in my visualization that there wasn't even that much left. And the last um, time I went to the doctors, I have less than 1% being produced in my body, which is a really big deal. Um, it's about six months. And we went from I went from 50% in my body when I got diagnosed to now I have less than 1%. And I feel much better. My energy is there. I still take the medicine. But to me, it's tolerable. And that's, you know, again, we can... Um, create a mindset to help support and tolerate what we're experiencing.
1: How much of a role, Mary, do you believe you've had in your healing? You know, Joan, I used to think that healing was all
0: up to me before, um, before I was diagnosed, you know. Um, And it is important. My role in my healing is extremely important. My mindset, my approach to life is extremely important. But what I've realized is the support I have around me and the love around me has been invaluable. I um, am so lucky as a holistic pr- practitioner to have people doing Reiki and magnifying healing. Uh, I do acupuncture. My uh, I get the acupuncture done uh, to help with my stomach um, tightness, and um, I have friends that are medical intuitive. So I I just brought everyone in that could support me. So my outlook and my approach is extremely important, but the team I've created, including my, my doctor and the medicine I'm taking. So it's a team effort to me. I used to think it was all on, on the person healing before. And, um, though there's a lot of important roles I have to my healing and I am so empowered with the work of hypnosis and, and, you know, I've seen myself and see how people can change your mindsets with illnesses and things like that. So I knew all that was possible. I knew that I could approach this in a better way. But we still get depression, sadness. We still feel uncomfortable. We still feel that. But you can approach it and deal with it in, in a manageable way.
1: So it's really important not to isolate yourself. That's a really good point. And I, I think um, that isolation, it's like like I hated to tell someone what was going on. I, I know. I, I remember like, I was so angry at you because you didn't tell me at I, first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, and I
0: I I really um it, because I know as a caregiver, I know someone who's been on the other side as a caregiver how that affects them. And I I felt everyone's shock when I told them this and it was it was emotional for me to have to tell people and go through it. And um especially I had to tell my sister. I I wouldn't tell my sister until I knew what kind it was. Once I knew it was chronic, I Felt better telling her that because chronic has um, a lot of uh, positive. Chronic leukemia has a lot of positive things to it. So at least I felt um, better telling her this news than when I didn't know it. And we, we, you know, we went from the family of five ten years ago to down to just the two of us, and just losing my mom in the last year. And both of us were very important caregivers to her. I didn't want us to go through another caregiving role. It, it just I just didn't want that. i was I was upset about that. I was never angry about the diagnosis, but I was upset at how it affects other people. And um, I'm sure a lot of people feel that. I didn't want to have to worry about someone taking care of me. So we need to welcome that people love us and want to help us. And luckily, I was always able to be active enough and take care of myself in my home. But having people come in and bring a meal here and there or bring supplies and, you know, was very, very helpful. But it's the love. It's the love I've received from so many of my really dear friends.
1: And Mary, very quickly, before we run out of time, what do you want to say to someone who is newly diagnosed? I want to tell
0: you to take a deep breath. I want to tell you that you can get through it. I want to tell you that you are strong enough to do it. And I want to tell you to let people help you because you are worthy and deserving of healing and getting better.
1: Mary, thank you so much for joining us today. I know how difficult this is for you. You're a very private person. And for Mm -hmm. you to come on the show in such a public way, it really means a lot to me. But I, I know it's going to mean a lot to so many people who are struggling with whatever challenges they may be facing. And I've witnessed where you've been in this journey over the past months. And I, I think that everything you teach and everything you practice, mm-hmm. it's making the world of difference in your healing. And I know it will in the lives of so many people. So I am honored and I'm so happy that you're here to share this with us and that you've chosen me to make this announcement. It, it really... Means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to our audience. Yes, and,
0: and thank you, Joan, for having me to allowing me this platform to share because someone out there that's listening today is newly diagnosed or might be in the middle of it.
1: If our listeners would like to get more information about Mary and her work, or if you'd like to get a copy of her book, Transformation Through Hypnosis Relax, Clear Your Mind, and Step Into Your Power, you can visit MetroHypnosisCenter.com. Mary, again, thank you so much for being here.